What's happening, everybody? On today's show, it is championship weekend. Can LSU keep it close with Georgia in the SEC title game? We'll talk all about it with Danny Cannell. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered throughout this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Of course, bowl games starting up. Make sure you go to Bet Online where the game starts. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, let's jump into it. Love catching up with our buddy Danny Cannell. He appears on behalf of Bet Online. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all the updated college football playoff conference Heisman and uh, conference championship lines. Danny, what's going on, man? I am fantastic, Chris. It's again, I cannot believe we're sitting here on conference championship weekend, how fast it goes by. It's been yet again, another sensational year. I think it's gonna be a fun finish uh, to the finish line here, but I just, it always blows me away how fast it goes by. Yeah, it, it is crazy, and, and I think with the transfer portal and all this stuff, there will be no off season. There's going to be constant news and stuff going on throughout the uh, throughout the coming months. But let's let's start here, Danny. Before we get to the the games this weekend, uh, what to get your thoughts? What did you make of Auburn hiring Hugh Freeze as their next head coach? I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think Hugh Freeze can win. He's proven it before. He's got experience in the SEC, of course, with his time at Ole Miss. He's had success against Nick Saban, which is a priority. For Auburn fans, they want to see them able to try to take down that dynasty. So I think it makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I know that I get the question marks about some of the baggage and some of the past um, issues that are there. But I also think, like, show me some coaches that don't have any baggage. There aren't many, you know. So I think it was an unfortunate situation, the way things unfolded, the way they did, and the way they ended at Ole Miss. But, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to throw stones when nobody's perfect out there. So I actually hope he succeeds. And I do think... Clearly, Chris, some of the some of the things that transpired would still you'd have issues with today, right? But a lot of them you can do legally now. And Lane Kiffin, who ironically is coaching at his old school and is still there, has admitted we have legalized cheating now. We can go ahead and we can go ahead and pay players. We can get NIL deals done. You would expect Hugh Freeze to thrive there. I think aside from that, though, I think it's going to infuse some life into an offense that has been lackluster under Brian Harson, And I think you'll be able to attract quarterbacks because of the success Hugh Freeze has had with that position. It's the most important position of the game. We saw him send Malik Willis to the NFL uh, just a couple years ago. I think that's got to be probably the most attractive thing for Auburn fans is to look at the, an offense, which they were frustrated with Gus Malzahn's system at the end of that. Brian Harson's system didn't work great. You know you're going to get an offense that's going to be able to put up some points. Yeah, and, uh, Robbie Ashford already said it's a dream come true. He was hoping that Hugh Freeze would be the guy, so he kind of got better as the year went along. I'm excited to see how Robbie Ashford develops if he is the guy moving forward at quarterback at Auburn. Um, you know, speaking of this, Danny, we're already seeing some big names across the SEC and all of college football enter the transfer portal. On the one hand, yeah, I think kids should be able to go where they want to because certainly the coaches do. But on the other hand, this is going to be roster madness. I mean, teams are going to look completely different next season, right? It's hard to feel bad for coaches that are making millions, right? Like, because they're going to tell you this is awful, this is hard, and it is. I honestly, I don't know how you manage it. 
And I think it's almost an impossible task to ask coaches to monitor their roster. And they're going to be players that slip through the cracks. I honestly, I, I kind of hate it. I wish there was a little bit more loyalty to schools, but I totally understand it. We see, again, anytime you bring up this conversation, you have to point out that coaches don't have to be loyal. They can leave at any time they want. And that's why we are in this position today. It's going to be madness. There's going to be, and we're going to see thousands of players enter the port portal. Some of them already have, right? Like you mentioned, we've already seen, um, you know, prominent names entering the portal before they're actually allowed to. And what I think is going to be really interesting, Chris, is to see what players fully intend to go or like, I'm out of here. What players just want to dip their toes in the water to see what offers are out there. And some players, I think you're going to want to drive up the price at their own school. Because remember, you can enter the portal and still you don't have to leave. You know, we saw that last year as well. So it's going to be a wild and crazy time the day after we find out who's playing in the playoffs. You know, like it's just, it's nuts. And especially for those coaches that are playing in the playoffs, they're going to have to deal with this too. You know, but I think that's why you see staffs that are huge, that are ginormous. You see player personnel directors, general managers. That's what their job is to monitor those situations so that the coaches can stay focused on what they ultimately want to achieve, and that's a national championship. Yeah, what's crazy at Mizzou, we saw Dominic Lovett, the third leading receiver in the SEC, enter the portal, and Luther Burden, the big five-star, the news comes out, he's staying. It's like, well, okay, they must have put all their money in Burden to stay. (laughs) And what was interesting is how did he announce it? With an NIL deal, you know, with the chip companies, come back with a chip on his shoulder, and I'm sure that was a huge factor in why he was able to stay. It's it's not going to be the last one we see like that either. Not just the transfer portal, Danny, but we're seeing guys start to declare for the draft. Uh, Kentucky's Will Levis just declared, as we expected. Uh, we we think Bryce Young is going to make his announcement here soon at Alabama. But where are you on Anthony Richardson at Florida? Because, you know, we saw him play well in the game against Florida State the other night. But is he to me, he's a guy that should come back another season and develop more. Where are you on Anthony Richardson? Oh, I totally agree with you. I think for his career, long-term, he'd be better served to get another year development under Billy Napier in in college. I, to me, he's way too inconsistent. You mentioned the game of against Florida State. I'm sitting there watching them like, holy cow, and everyone's talking about him. Look at these arm talent. Look at these throws. And then did he? I think he ended up completing a pass in the second half, but it was a while. There was a stretch. He was over, and you see some balls airmailed. You see some in the dirt. There's just some mechanical things and the experience of playing that I think will benefit him at the next level, like to build his confidence. And I think it'll increase his draft stock too. Because honestly, I think he will get drafted, but I think some teams are going to be leery with Will Levis too. Now, Will Levis, I think, is in a different position. He's played a lot, but Anthony Richardson hasn't. I think think he could benefit. And also, this is one of the advantages and one of the plus sides of NIL. I'm sure Florida Gators, their collectives, will be more than willing to go ahead and pay him handsomely so he doesn't have a financial risk of, oh, if he stays and he gets hurt, he has nothing. He can put some money aside. And for his for his entire the, the career aspect of what makes him the best chance to su- succeed at the next level, you have more financial security if you get drafted higher. He could play himself into being a top five pick. And that's the thing that bothers me, Chris. I don't know if you've seen this either. We see it happen every single year where the projections from the draft gurus who really haven't talked to the, the teams yet they start pinning guys, and Will Levis and Nathan Richardson are great examples. I don't think they're top five picks if they come out. 
If they can get that guaranteed, then it's a different conversation because that's a, that's life-changing money that you almost have to take advantage of, and a team's going to give you opportunity. But if you start dropping to the back end of the first round, or remember Malik Willis out of Liberty was project. Some guys had him as drafted as high as eighth. He gets drafted in the third round. That's a devastating mistake. If you make that mistake, you're losing out on you know twenty million bucks, thirty million bucks. That's a big mistake. So I hope these players. These two specifically get good advice and accurate projections of where they'll go. Because then I do think if you, if Anthony Richardson is pretty certain he's going to get a top five pick, then maybe you have to give it a lot harder look of, man, do I just take advantage of this opportunity? Because then there's risk. If you go back to Florida, team struggles again, you don't play well, then you miss out on those millions. So it's, it's really one of the toughest decisions these players are going to have to make, and they're going to have to lean on their people around them and people they trust to help them make that decision. One more, Danny, before we get into the games this weekend. We did get the playoff expansion we wanted. We're headed for a 12-game playoff. Thank you, Rose Bowl, for getting over yourself and uh, letting us get this done. But I saw you tweet it out, and I kind of agree with you. How do we get more games actually on campus? Because, again, that's what makes college football so great. It's the on-campus, on-college you know, campuses and the atmosphere it feels a little weird when we go full corporate and we're going to these neutral site games just for you know big uh, sponsorship names on the bowls. You are on. You like expansion, right? Do you like the twelve yeah, teams? Sure. Okay, good. Let's make sure we're on the same page because I got some colleagues that are against it. I'm like, what? How can you guys not be excited about the prospect of seeing twelve teams go at it in the postseason? But like, I, my thing is, if we're going to change this. Because I thought there were flaws, clearly, in the four-team playoff. Like, you have five Power Five conferences, and you're only going to let four play for it. Like, that was an issue right off the bat. This one, I think, has some issues, too. Like I And one of them can be addressed before we set it in stone. So let's look at some of these potential issues. And one of them is playing, you know, the thing that people are excited about is playing playoff games in your backyard. You know, having all we hear all the time from Big Ten fans is, oh, Tell Bama or you know or, or or LSU to travel up north to play in Columbus or to play in Ann Arbor. All right, we got the opportunity to see that, and you also have you might have to see a team from the Big Ten travel into the Southeastern Conference territory and have to go down and play a game at Tiger Stadium at night. Like that's all we hear about. Let's see it happen. We're gonna get the first round on it, and this is where you alluded to. I think it shows you the power of the bowl structure when we're sitting around waiting on one bowl. Now, it's the granddaddy of them all. It's the Rose Bowl. But we had to wait for them to say, we'll make some sacrifices so that we can be a part of this bowl. You have to eliminate some to have the second-round game played on college campuses. But at some point, we have to do what's best for the sport. And we have to do what's best for the fans. And I think the expense of traveling to neutral sites is something that's not talked about enough for fans that, you know, if they want to travel and watch their team play every playoff game, what if they're playing at home? It might be easier. They can drive to go to Auburn. They could drive to go to Tuscaloosa. They could drive to go to Gainesville, to Athens, wherever it is, and they might be more willing and more able financially to do that as opposed to saying, man, all right, I have to travel to Albuquerque or where, you know, to Dallas, to the Cotton Bowl, wherever it is, whatever neutral bowl site it would be. That's an incredible expense and a tax to put on the fans. So I think that's something that should come into the conversation too. But I don't think we get it though, Chris. I think we'll get one round at home sites, which again, that leaves out the teams that earn the buy, the top four seeds. They won't get a home playoff game, which I think 
is a flaw in the system we're creating. So why don't we address it ahead of time? More with Danny Cannell in just a second, but this episode is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net. They are your number one source for your sports betting information, news, stats, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for all the pro sports and amateur leagues out there, including all the conference championship games happening up this weekend. They got them at betonline.net. We're talking with Danny about them, but if you want to get in on the action, go over there, check them out at betonline.net. We're always the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting fix. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. Bookmark it. Make sure you check it every day. They got all the information you need. It is Bet Online. And it is where the game starts. Again, all the action happening this weekend. They even got the NFL. They got college basketball, NBA. They got it all for you at Bet Online. And uh, you want to make sure you get in on the action, take care of some of the great specials they got going on this holiday season. If you're looking to get, uh, you know, make the games more fun and entertaining, Bet Online is the spot you need to go. Continue our conversation with the great Danny Cannell appearing on behalf of Bet Online. Headed over to Bet Online for all the action happening this weekend. Danny, let's jump into some of the games this weekend. We'll start with the Pac 12 title game tonight Utah versus USC. The Trojans, a three point favorite. They did lose to Utah earlier in the year, but a CFB playoff spot is on the line here for USC. They take care of business? So I, t- I took the points with Utah. And this is one where if you're an Alabama fan, you know, I think you're 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 clearly rooting for Utah to win, right? You want Utah Alabama chance, Ohio State fans, they're rooting for this happen too. This game I think will be a thriller. I think it'll be like the first matchup that we saw when USC traveled to Salt Lake City, lost by, you know, one point on a late game, you know, two-point conversion where Kyle Whittingham trusted his quarterback Cam Rising to get there. The only thing that makes me nervous about my pick is that USC is playing with a lot more confidence on the defensive side of the ball. They're starting to realize they have an identity, and it's not it's not being a smothering defense that's going to hold you to three points the way Georgia's is or Michigan's. It's, we're going to get turnovers. They lead the country in turnover margin, and they're thriving in that role. But it still makes me concerned that if Cam Rising, the quarterback for Utah, protects the football, they're able to run it, that this will be another high-scoring game. Because I do think USC has so much offensive firepower. They're going to have the Heisman Trophy and Caleb Williams. It'll be a higher-scoring game. That's one of the things I do like is the over as well. But I think it could come down to a last-second type of play. And if that's the case, I'll go ahead and take Utah, who already beat this team once. It's hard to beat the team twice, but I think it's going to be tightly contested down to the wire. So I'll go ahead and take Utah in the points. It's going to be a fun one. Another one on Saturday that... Ohio State and Alabama fans are going to be rooting hard for Kansas State. Saturday in Dallas, we get the Big 12 title game. Kansas State against TCU, the undefeated Horn Frogs, just two-and-a-half-point favorites. And again, a playoff spot on the line for Sonny Dykes' crew. So this one's nuts, Chris, because everything – I'm usually a momentum player, like ride the momentum, the team of destiny. But you know what happens a lot of times when you do that? You get burned. I'm not – I'm going to go ahead and take Kansas State. I think they win the game outright. Speaking of getting burned, now TCU had an impressive win. They put up 62, very controlled win. They easily beat Iowa State as the bottom of the Big 12. But almost every other game they've been in this season, including the first time they played Kansas State and beat them, they had to come from behind. And I think Kansas State looks at the first time they played. They were up 28-10. to started getting injuries to their quarterback. Adrian Martinez goes down. Will Howard steps in, plays pretty well. He goes down. They're on their third-string quarterback, and TCU comes roaring back 
with you know 21 unanswered points and finds a way to win that game. I think that game gives Kansas State a ton of belief in that, oh, if we can stay healthy, if we can play the way that we're capable of playing, we can beat this team. And I think Chris Kleiman's squad is hungry. I think they're one of the more dangerous teams out in the entire landscape. I think they get it done. I think they win the game outright, which is going to put us all into that who gets in then mode, which is going to be wild to see what the committee ends up doing. And Deuce Vaughn has been so good for them at running back this year. Stud. See if he runs wild. Up. And I think they're better. I think they're better at quarterback with Will Howard. Adrian Martinez, who's who is available. It, it was too one-dimensional. Now they've got Deuce, Bun, Deuce Vaughn running the football, and they've got Will Howard throwing the football and a pretty good defense. That, to me, makes them a better team than the first time around. Yeah, I think Adrian Martinez was in your recruiting class back in the day. He's been playing college football <laughs> so long. Like a few more games for you. Big Ten title game, Purdue against Michigan. Such an impressive win for the Wolverines last week over Ohio State. But this seems like a game Michigan – could let their guard down. Some have said they're already in the playoff even with a loss. Purdue is 16.5-point underdogs. a lot of points. It is. It's a ton of points. Here's a stat I'll give to you. Uh, the Big Ten East against the Big Ten West is 8-0 in Big Ten championship games with an average margin of victory of 20 points. Like, it's pretty insane. how And, like, when you think about it, it's like, oh, it's Ohio State or Michigan, you know, almost always playing against Wisconsin, Iowa, this year Purdue. And this year even feels like the mismatch is even greater, right? Purdue is a team that has not been great this season. You know, sometimes you get an undefeated Wisconsin and they get boat raced. It's like, oh, okay. But this one feels even more like that disparity could be on display. I But I still, I'm tempted to take Purdue because of what they can provide at their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, in the past game. They've got incredible weapons at wide receiver. I, I'm curious to see, like you said, in both of these, the SEC and Big Ten championship game, where it feels like they're locked in, is there an urgency, which was the case with Michigan last year, and they beat down Iowa pretty significantly. But Iowa does not have the offense that Purdue does. I'm going to go ahead. It might be a sucker's bet, but I'm going to take Purdue in the 16 and a half for what you talked about. Like, I, I think there's a chance that Michigan, who is so banged up, remember that's all we heard about, Blake Corum's banged up. They had so many injuries across the board that they might be wanting to get healthy for the throw another run at a, at, a, at a playoff spot in a national championship run, that even if they get a lead, they'll be more inclined to take out some of their better players, just kind of start running the ball. They don't need to show anything offensively. They're not going to be very creative. And on the flip side, Jeff Brom, the head coach of Purdue, is an offensive mastermind. He's going to throw the kitchen sink at Michigan's uh, defense. There'll be a flea flicker, a trick play here. There'll be some ways to generate points, and they'll be throwing it around. I'll take Purdue with the 16-and-a-half and expect a backdoor cover with them playing from behind, late touchdown that keeps it within that number. Speaking of scrappy underdogs, the ACC title game Saturday night, Clemson reeling after that loss to South Carolina, but they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites against North North Carolina, and, you know, Drake May's been so good all year long. Feels like, man, I keep looking at North Carolina and taking those points. So, I don't I, – I'll give you a prediction what I think it's going to happen. I think Drake May is going to be good. I think he's going to be running for his life because that's what you've seen once they face better competition. Their offensive line is pretty porous. He He's going to find ways to make plays. But you're going to see Dabo Sweeney. You're going to see DJ Uyungale with a lot of quarterback runs, handed off to Will Shipley, a player or two here or there, and Clemson wins and covers. And here's the prediction. After the game, Dabo Sweeney's going to say all his critics, I told you guys you were wrong about my quarterback. I told you he could play. I told you we could win, and you guys want to complain about an ACC championship, and there's too much negativity around the program. 
That's what's going to happen. And I think Clemson fans might be torn about it because I think they want to see a change at quarterback. I think they want to see a change at coordinator, and I think they're right. But Dabo, I have not seen a coach more steadfastly loyal to his quarterback than Dabo, and he's going to put that on full display when they win. So I'll lay the points with Clemson. I think North Carolina, they've really been exposed on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive line, and I think that could be an issue against Clemson. Yeah, and some people think Drake May is going to get a lot of offers this offseason from some of the other big dogs when it comes to NIL deals. Good so. luck. It's going to be tough because his his, you know, his his history, his dad played at Carolina. His brother won a national championship in basketball. He lives with his other bro, uh, brother who is currently on the UNC basketball team. Like, I – and I hope for college football he stays. You know, I just I, I think it's a bad look if it happens, but you are a hundred percent right. He's gonna have a lot of people lining up to get a chance to give him an offer to leave there. Yeah, George and Bama on line one, Drake. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> Lastly, Danny, it's the SEC championship game. It's LSU versus Georgia. LSU coming off that tough loss to Texas AM. Georgia a 17 and a half point favorite. This line keeps moving up, up, and up. What does LSU have to do to keep this one close? Uh Jaden Daniels, is he in a walking boot? Is he going to play? Like, that's why the number is growing and getting bigger and bigger because there's uncertainty about his ankle and his health. And, and if he is not mobile or if he doesn't play, then it's a route. The route is on. I'm going to go ahead and trust Georgia in this spot with the uncertainty. Now, this might be one where you want to wait because there was a game earlier this year with Oregon where one of his teammates said, Bo Nix isn't playing. He ends up playing, and it completely changes the complexion of the game. I don't know if they're playing possum. I don't think they are. I mean, we saw him limping last week. I do think it's an issue, and I think it's going to be a problem because you asked how they stay in this game. It's with Jaden Daniels having the game of his life both through the air and with his legs. He is a dual-threat quarterback who can hurt you. If he's compromised, there's too much speed. There's too much physicality for him to keep LSU in this game. Um, Harold Perkins Jr. could be a problem. The young linebacker, talented linebacker. You know, he could. You know, there's an if he gets a strip sack, if he blows up a couple plays, that could maybe make it feel close. But in the end, even though it's a tune-up, and I don't think it matters if they lost this game either. I think Georgia will be able to lean on LSU in the second half, kind of once they get a lead. And I think you could see a situation where LSU a little more desperate. They have to start throwing the ball. That's not what they want to do. You see a pick six. So I'd lay the points with Georgia, even though it is such a big number. Yeah, Kirby, this is his fifth trip to the SEC title game. He's only won one once. So you know he yeah. wants to put that extra hardware in the trophy case because that's going to bug him. I know everybody said, oh, they can lose this and still get to the playoff. That's great. But they want to win this win. I think they come out like a team on a mission. Danny, thanks so much for the time, man. Always appreciate you jumping on with us. You got it, Chris. Enjoy the games this weekend. All right, that's Danny Cannell appearing on behalf of our friends over at Bet Online. Again, check out Bet Online for the updated college football conference Heisman and college football conference championship lines all happening this weekend on Championship Weekend. Coming up next, we are going to give you our official picks for this weekend, uh, courtesy of Bet Online, right after this. Houston's biggest college football event is coming December 28th with the Tax Act Texas Bowl. You don't want to miss out on your chance to be a part of the passion, the pageantry, and the fun as college football season is drawing to a close with the Big 12 taking on the SEC in a primetime showdown at NRG Stadium with conference bragging rights on the line. Tickets go on sale this Sunday, December 4th at TaxActTexasBowl.com, but you can go to their website today 
and join the priority wait list now to get your first chance to buy tickets and exclusive discounts. TaxActTexasBowl.com. Again, we don't know who's playing yet. We'll find that out on Sunday, but whichever SEC team is heading there, you want to make sure you represent for your school and show up and show out. Tailgating, live music, great food and drinks, and the spirit and energy that make college football so much fun will all be on full display for a fantastic night of college football. It could be Arkansas, Missouri, uh, Mississippi State. We don't know, but it's happening December 28th in primetime at NRG Stadium. Tax Act, TexasBowl.com for all the details and sign up for their priority wait list. Tax Act, TexasBowl.com. I roll along here, locked on SEC, and uh, appreciate Danny Cannell for joining us. But we got some news we got to get into. We got more uh, transfer portal stuff, guys declaring for the draft, and much, much more. So let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start with the SEC championship. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels was banged up last week in the loss to Texas A&M. LSU starting quarterback left the game but returned after having his ankle taped. Brian Kelly talking with the media last night said he has had a good week of practice and will play for LSU on Saturday. He started the week wearing a walking boot, but a week of practice and recovery has Daniels ready to go. For Saturday night's, Saturday night's game against Georgia in the SEC championship game. ESPN shared the update from Brian Kelly. Meanwhile, uh, when it comes to the SEC, Greg Sankey talking this week as it was finalized, made official that the 12-team uh, playoff is indeed going to be happening for the 2024 college football season. So we'll have one more year of the four-team playoff and after that, we're moving to the 12 teams. It will include six conference champions and six at-large teams. Greg Sankey joked at the uh, SEC Championship game presser that we could see seven SEC teams, the max for any conference. Uh, he went on to say, look, I would anticipate the opportunity for three, perhaps even four of our SEC teams making the, uh, making the playoff between the conference champion and the at-large teams to be fully in the, mi- on, in the mix on an annual basis. In fact, if... The 12-team playoff we're starting now, you would have Georgia in, probably Tennessee, Alabama, maybe somebody else. So uh, the SEC is going to be well represented in the college football playoff moving forward. Over at Auburn, Hugh Freeze bringing some familiar faces with him over to the Plains. According to Football Scoop, Freeze has offered positions at Auburn to eight members of his Liberty staff. All eight are expected to join the Auburn staff in some capacity co-offensive coordinators Kent Austin and Maurice Harris along with his tight ends coach D-line coach among others a few of them even have ties to freeze going all the way back to his Ole Miss days so no word yet on what exact titles any of them will have as of yet but you got to think um, you know coordinators or D-line coach tight end coach whatever some of those guys will have the same positions at Auburn uh, Greg Sankey was asked on the uh, at his presser about the Hugh Freeze hiring, he said he had a, quote, very positive phone call with Hugh Freeze on Thursday morning, and he said, I look fo- look from this point forward. We're informed from someone's past. I'm confident there's plenty of opportunities for learning over the years. So basically saying we had some issues with Hugh Freeze in the past. Here's hoping he learned from those mistakes and looking forward. Over at Ole Miss, some good news for the Rebels as stud running back Quinchon Judkins is not going anywhere. The Ole Miss standout 
announced Thursday he's staying in Oxford to play for Lane Kiffin after an outstanding freshman year where he set the Ole Miss single-season record in both rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. He also led the entire SEC in rushing, edging out Rocket Sanders, who led the conference in rushing for much of the year. So Quinchon staying put. Uh, Arkansas got some good news as well Thursday when defensive end Jordan Dominic announced his plan to return to play for the Razorbacks next year. He was a transfer from Georgia Tech, had seven and a half tackles for a loss, six and a half sacks, second on the team. So he has had a monster season there. Over at Mississippi State, good news for them is defensive lineman Nathan Pickering. He is coming back to Starkville for next year. He uh, took to social media to say, uh, or with the slogan, run it back. Uh, graphic that a lot of other Bulldogs are using, announcing their return. Uh, we talked about Jaden Crumedy earlier this year, saying he's coming back. But uh, Pickering finished out the season with 25 total tackles, two sacks, and a pass defended. Now, who's leaving? Over at Florida, Justin Shorter announced he is going pro. He accepted an invitation to the East-West Shrine Bowl, meaning he's headed to the NFL Draft. So Justin Shorter, Florida wide receiver, heading to the pros. Florida wide receiver Dejon Reynolds also announced Wednesday he would be entering the transfer portal with three years of eligibility remaining. Back over at Mississippi State, one of their best players all year, Emmanuel Forbes. While he is taking his talents to the pros, he announced Thursday he is foregoing his senior season and will enter the NFL draft. Thought to be one of the better cornerbacks in this draft. In three years, he accumulated six interception returns for touchdowns, breaking the FBS record for pick sixes. Over at Kentucky, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator next year after they uh, parted ways earlier this week with Rich Scangarello. But it looks like they're going to have another hole in their backfield to fill. According to On3 Sports, running back Cavassier Smoke is going to explore his transfer options ahead of next year. He's rushed for 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns in his career at Kentucky. Over at Texas A&M, tight end Blake Smith announced he will be entering the transfer portal. Had just two catches in his career at Texas A&M. Also, defensive end Tanise Adelaide announced that he is entering the uh, transfer portal. Back over at Auburn, Keandre Jones, offensive lineman. He is going to test the transfer portal waters, but he may not be leaving Auburn just yet. He mentioned in his uh, tweet that he is not ruling out a return to Auburn depending on who Hugh Freeze hires to his staff. Over Tennessee, tight end Miles Campbell is on the move. Redshirt freshman appeared in just one game for the Vols this year. He will have three years of eligibility remaining. Uh, one other note on Florida, running back Lorenzo Lingard. He is uh, entering the portal as well after three seasons at Florida. Uh, back over at Mississippi State, the SEC is named wide receiver Austin Williams, the 2022 Scholar Athlete of the Year. First Mississippi State student-athlete to earn SEC Football Scholar Athlete of the Year honors. It's the first time the award was handed out back in 2003, so congrats to him. Before we get out of here, let's make our championship picks for this weekend. Utah versus USC. The Trojans are a two-point favorite. I'm going to take USC minus the two. I think they get the revenge win on Utah. Kansas State versus TCU. I can't go against Sonny Dykes. They have been rolling TCU. They've had luck on their side. I'm going to take TCU minus two and a half. Clemson against North Carolina. Clemson 
Obviously didn't look great last week. Seven and a half points. I'm going to take North Carolina plus the points. I think Clemson wins, but I think Carolina covers the seven and a half. Purdue versus Michigan. I just think Michigan's too strong defensively, offensively. I'll take Michigan minus the 16 and a half. And call me crazy, but I'm taking LSU plus the 17 and a half to cover against Georgia. I think Georgia wins, but I think it's, uh, you know, even if they win by 17, still get the cover with the 17 and a half. So those are our picks for this weekend. We'll see what happens, and we'll recap it all on Monday, particularly the uh, SEC championship and LSU and Georgia and getting you set for all the bowl games. We'll find out Sunday where everybody's going, so we'll recap all that on Monday's episode of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody have a great weekend. Again, we'll talk to you guys on Monday.